We'll begin our worship by singing in God's praise in Psalm 100 of the Scottish Psalter. Psalm 100, Scottish Psalter, we'll find that on page 362 of the Blue Book. Psalm it is well known to many of us. It's good to sing these well-known psalms when the children are in with us. All people on earth do dwell. Sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Himself with mirth is praise forth tell. Come ye before him and rejoice. A call to all people to come and lift their voices cheerfully in praise of God. So let us do that together. We'll stand to sing. All people on earth do dwell. Let us now say a short prayer before the children go into Sunday school. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, on your day that has been set aside for your worship, we pray that as we gather here, all from different places in the town, all from different places even across our nation, that you would be pleased to bless us. And as we open up your Bible, that it would speak to us and speak to our hearts and speak to our souls. 
And we pray we'd speak to the youngest and speak to the oldest. Speak to those who are watching online. We just pray that you would be with the young ones in their lives. That we would set for them a foundation built on the word of God. That as they gather next door, that your spirit would also be with them. Speaking likewise to their minds and to their hearts. And turning their focus towards Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. Jesus was that man that went to the cross at Calvary and died for us. Because we have sinned before God. And in order that we may enter God's presence, we need our sins to be cleansed from us and our sins to be paid for. And only can that be done through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ the Lamb that was slain by God. So we pray that we would understand this truth in our hearts and lift our eyes in wonder that Jesus loves us and cares for us. We pray that you would bless the teachers as they lead the children, that they would be able to explain the word clearly to them. We are mindful of them that this is the last Sunday that they will gather together. We pray for them in their time of holiday as they take rest from school pray that they would have an enjoyable time together and just ask that you would be over us in our worship of you this day forgive us our sins we ask in Jesus name, Amen just want to say a little word to the boys and girls before they depart into Sunday school there's a building in Kuala Lumpur it's called the Petronas Twin Towers. And it is two huge, huge buildings that stand identically beside each other. Two massive skyscrapers. An interesting, about, interesting thing about these two buildings is that they have the deepest foundations of any building in the world. These two buildings have foundations that are 400 feet deep. Now, that's hard to understand. What what is 400 feet to understand how deep they are? Uh, it's about the length of the ferry. The ferry boat that you go on, as how long that is, if you were to turn that on its side and put it in the ground, that's how deep the deepest foundations in the world are. The Petronas Twin Towers. And they had to build foundations that were so deep because it is built on black cotton soil. And they say that when water gets into the soil, it swells up. And when it dries out, it shrinks. So this ground is changing all the time. It's, it's not good to build buildings on anything that moves. But there's a lesson there for us and our lives. That we do not set about to build our lives on anything that changes. The whole world is changing around us. Everything is changing. We are changing. We are growing up. We're getting bigger. But it is good to trust in something that doesn't change. And to base our lives on something that doesn't change. And who doesn't change that is God that doesn't change. God is the same. For I, the Lord, do not change, it says in the Bible. And we can build our lives 
and have our foundations on God and Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want you to remember to build your lives on something that's solid. And in this world, the only thing that is sure and solid is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, given to us from God. So I want you all to trust in that and to build your lives upon that. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. May that be blessed to you. We'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. We'll continue in praise to God by singing in Psalm 125 of the Blue Book, page 419. Psalm 125 in the Scottish Psalter, page 419. And we'll sing the whole of this psalm. They in the Lord that firmly trust shall be like Zion Hill, which at no time can be removed, but standeth ever still. As round about Jerusalem the mountains stand always, the Lord his folk doth compass so from henceforth and for aye. We'll stand and we'll sing this psalm together of one that speaks about placing our confidence in God. They in the Lord that firmly trust. We'll stand and sing this together. Yeah.
Turn now to our Bibles, and we'll turn to the Gospel of Luke, and we'll read from chapter 6. Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, and we'll read from verse Mark 17 to the end of the chapter. And after reading this chapter, we'll give our, and drawing upon God in prayer, we'll give our minds to the concluding section of this chapter where it says, build your house on the rock. So let us give our ears and attention to God's word. Verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for the power came out from him and healed them all. And he lifted up his eyes on the disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. As you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, 
and do not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And he also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take out the log of your own eye, and then you will be able to clearly take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of his good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, a stream, the stream broke against the house and it could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like the man who built a house on the ground without foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. May the reading of God's word be blessed to us. Let us Give our minds to God and turn our attention to him in prayer. Let us pray. <clears throat> our Father in heaven, when we read these words, we see how it contradicts the lives that we live. And it is a challenge to us. And it speaks of people that are not familiar with this world. It describes people that... Do not live as we expect people to live. That we love the people that hate us. That we give to people that take things from us. That we forgive people that revile against us. Lord, give us the heart of Jesus Christ. That we would be people to do what the word of God asks of us to do. And Lord, as we come to you in prayer. We ask that this word be, be opened up to our minds, our bodies and our souls, and that it would speak to us from the power of your Spirit, that we acknowledge at whom we pray to and call upon as the creator of all things and the creator of our being. And it is a marvellous and wondrous thing that you desire to hear your people pray that we can call upon you in prayer and that you are one who does not cast it from your ear but hears them and grants us grace to your, to your existence, Lord. 
We pray that we would turn our minds towards you, that our eyes would be focused upon you to see the beauty of Jesus Christ and the wondrous grace and love that he has shown to us in his coming and dying, in ascending and his promise to come again and unite his people to him. Lord, unblock our ears, we pray, to hear it, that it would go into the depths of our hearts and souls, that it would convict and convert us, that it would encourage us to go on, and that we would be uplifted and encouraged to be confident in trusting in your word, trusting in the works of Christ. For as we spoke of the uncertainty of this world and the changes of it, we are told to embrace it by the world, but we know that it does us no good. As we take all things into consideration, what can the world offer us? But you can offer us a certainty. You are one that offers us peace and comfort. You are one that is worthy to build upon. So Lord, Help us to see that and understand that. Help us to be wise as we come and consider your word today. We pray, Lord, for those who are over us, our king and those in government. We ask that you would make them wise also, wise to your word. That they would not lean on their own understanding, but trust in the Lord in every way. Lord, we pray for them as we are asked to do. And remember them prayerfully to guide us as a nation, but ultimately to guide us back to your word and turn us back to yourselves. We thank you for those in our churches that lead us. We thank you for the ministers that are over us in this congregation. We pray that you would encourage and be a strength to them. And that as they preach to us and fulfill their duties in their office, that we would be blessed and likewise them also and their families. Lord, we remember the children. We pray for them as they come to conclude their term in school. We pray for those that will be attending camps. We pray for the camps as they begin. We pray for the leaders and the anxieties and worries that they have in looking after the children for a week. We pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them. We ask that the children would be blessed as they gather together. They would see that having a life in the Christian life is a full life and not one of regulations and worries and, and restriction. But it is life to the full, a life of peace, a life of enjoyment, and a fulfilling of the purpose of our existence, the chief end of man in enjoying God. Lord, we pray for our children, that they would come to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for the holiday club and through the summer. We pray for the preparations of that also, and it would likewise be a blessing to those who hear. We remember the elderly amongst us. We remember those who are laid aside. We remember those who are watching online and unable to attend in person. We pray for them and ask that your word would be a blessing to their soul also as they hear it and give their mind to it, as they read it in their own private devotions. We pray for those who are laid aside in hospital, those who are awaiting operations 
with anxiety. I pray that you would give them peace. I pray that they would again turn their minds towards your word and find assurances in it. But we remember also those who mourn. We remember those who have lost husbands and wives, those who have lost fathers and mothers. We pray for them. We pray for those who have lost sons and daughters and, and the, how difficult it is to understand your ways. But Lord, we ask that you would be their comfort and guide in these difficult days and the changes that appear to them and in their lives, that they would turn to set their feet upon the rock that is Jesus Christ. We just ask that you would be with us, we pray, and as we turn our minds to your word, let your spirit enable, it, enable us to understand it. Speak to our hearts and our souls and our minds, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll sing again before we turn to God's word in Psalm 53 of the Sing Psalms version. That's on page 70 of the blue book. Psalm 53, Sing Psalms, page 70. Again, we'll sing from the beginning of that psalm down to verse mark 5, just the first, first verse of verse mark 5. The fool speaks in his heart, there is no God, he says. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and none walk in godly ways. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the human race to see if any understand, if any seeks God's face. Down to verse, but see that evil crowd. They are struck down with dread, although they thought within their hearts they would have ease instead. The psalmist mourning that the people in this world reject God and say that there is no God and expecting in this life a life of ease. So let us stand together and sing these words. The fool speaks in his heart, there is no God, he says. The fool speaks in his heart, there is no No, 
turn back to the passage that we read and as I said earlier we'll give our focus to that last section where Jesus speaks to the people saying why do you call me Lord, Lord and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them I will tell you what he is like and gives us a comparison then of the two builders. Over the next few weeks I hope to look at some of these Bible similes that appear, similes that say like a or describe something as being as a, things that um, make a comparison and use imagery to vividly illustrate a point. And in this passage here, we have this image of the two builders being like something. There's one who built his house on the rock and there's others who built without a foundation. And often this story is one that we read of in children's Bibles. It's often one that is taught in Sunday school because it is such an image that is easily relatable to us. Jesus used these images so that people could relate to his teaching. And it's likewise similar for us today. And you will notice that we have our like a they are at the end of verse 47. I will show you what he is like. It goes in there to verse 48. He is like the man building a house, the wise man. And then it also speaks of the one who built his house without a foundation. And he is like something as well in verse 49. Jesus is addressing those who are hearing his word. To put it into practice, to live by it, to trust in it. What is Jesus comparing these two builders to? Well, we have it there at the beginning. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them 
I will show you what he is like. This is what the two builders are like. The one who hears God's word and does it. And that's when this illustration becomes more than a children's illustration. This illustration is very fitting for all of us. But before we really look at this passage, the context of it highlights further importance of what Jesus is saying in this image. This image appears twice in the Bible, and both times it serves as a conclusion to Jesus' words. It serves as a conclusion to Jesus' own sermons. The first instance we have here is in this chapter. And this is a sermon that is called the Sermon on the Plain. We read off in verse 17 that he came down and stood on a level place when we began our reading. And the other time it appears is in the other well-known sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 7. Both these sermons, Christ addresses Christian conduct and Christian living, Christian behaviour. And there are similarities between the two, and some people would say that it is the same sermon. But they are different as well, so it is hard to say that it is not Jesus' teaching at a different time, using similar words. Either way, he concludes his sermon by presenting the images of the tree bearing good fruit, which we heard about last week, He's presenting those who make a profession and call out, Lord, Lord. And he presents the two builders who build on different foundations as those who respond to the word of God. And the specifics we think of, we have it in our mind as one being wise, the other is foolish. That comes from the Matthew's version of, the, of this uh, image. And it also tells us that the fool built his house on the sand. The sand is a non-foundation we have in the passage before us. But this is Jesus' parting words to the people that have gathered to listen to him. That's why they are so important. That's why this image is so important. It's the last thing Jesus says to them. Of all the things that he said, and we briefly saw how what he spoke to them and taught them was contradictory to what we think. This is the last image he leaves them with. And he asks for a personal response to the words that he has taught them. He is saying to them, before you go, what are you going to do with the words that you have heard? How do you understand these words? What is your response to my words? As you consider how you walk, how you talk, how you behave in this life. And it is likewise for us today, as we sit under his word, we ask ourselves, how do we respond to it? And all that Christ says to us from the Gospels. And in considering these two builders, we have foundational differences. And it is more than the foundations of which they build on. The difference is there is one who does, and there is one who does not. These differences are of the foundation, are below the surface. Often the one who does, does things in a way that are unseen. Likewise, the one who does not, 
his actions go unseen by others. But either way, these men both realize something in the storm or in the flood that comes. So let us consider first the one who does, and then we'll briefly look at the one who does not. Verse 47. Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like the man building a house who dug deep and laid foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the steam broke against that house and could not shake it. Both men heard the same words. Both men were presented, everyone was presented with the same message as Jesus spoke to the people. But he knows they'll have a different response. And here we have the wise man's response, the one who does, his response. And essentially his response is one of obedience. He was a man who was moved by the words of Christ. And before he builds, it says that he dug deep. It was a work of labor, searching through what he had been taught, sifting out of all that was not required to build his house and life upon and disposing of that rubbish soil. He is looking for something solid. He is a man that is looking for something that is immovable to place his life on. He is a man that is looking for certainty and stability in his life. He is looking for somewhere worthy to build his home upon. And his digging, really, it's an exercise of his faith in God's word. He has been told there is a rock in which you can build your life on. And it is there to be found if you will seek it out. And he is a man who put his mind to it, to search out this truth. He is a man who does not give up. He is a man that is digging in his heart, in his soul, and in God's word. And you can imagine him, the picture of the man digging a foundation. And the fool coming along, the other man coming along and asking him, why are you bothering to do these things? You do not need to worry yourself with finding the rock. There is no need. You can build your house on the ground. It is sufficient to build on. But the wise man turns to the fool. And he says to him, but did you not hear the words that Christ spoke? The weather's going to change. The storm is going to come. Did you not listen to Christ's words? The one who does is a man who takes God's words seriously. He removes the necessary soil in his life that is a distraction to building on solid ground. He labors to find foundations in God's word. And all that laboring is toil and effort. To be obedient to that word. To be someone who does what has been asked of him. To love his enemy. Not to judge one another. And beyond that, to uphold all the commands of God 
to keep the Sabbath day, to honour his father and mother, we could go on. All these things require effort. There are not things that come with ease in our lives. There are things that take our time. There are things that cost us. There are things that we must persevere in. There are difficult things, as digging the foundation is. But the one who does puts his faith in them and does them with a love and a diligent heart because he knows what he can find at the end of it. He has a heart to do the things of God. He is a man who hears the word of God and takes it seriously. What do we do with the word of God when we hear it? How many times have we sat here and heard the word of God and done nothing with it? Do we regularly come to church? Do we regularly watch online? What is your response to the word of God? You're not responding to me. You're responding to Christ and his word. He asks you to place your faith in this word and to exercise faith in this word and to do what is asked of us. It requires us to dig. It requires us to sift our hearts. It requires us to dig in his word so that we know that in this world we cannot find any confidence to place our life on. But realize that in this word and in this Christ, we have confidence to build our lives upon and trust in this man. The man who died for you and the man who promises you eternal life if you place your faith in him and listen to his words. And I know these foundations are largely personal to each of us. It is, in a sense, the groundwork of the Holy Spirit's personal and effective application in our souls. But I must ask of you, does the word of God persuade you to trust in this rock? Does it persuade you to trust in Christ? Do you know that there is no better foundation for your life? Because when you place your life on this rock, it gives you a reassurance in your heart. This rock is a place of confidence. And it's a place where you can have confidence in your life when everything around you is changing. It is a rock and a place that gives you peace in all the uncertainties that come to your door. Because there is a storm coming. And there is a flood that will threaten our house. And you'll notice that both men faced the same flood. Both houses were tested. Neither of men were especially protected from the trials and tribulations. Neither is a Christian protected from the trials and tribulations in this world. And we are all afflicted in different ways. But which one remains standing? Which one remains unshaken? Maybe you've seen this. Maybe you know it to be true. You've watched someone who 
has exercised their faith in Christ, be strong in such a strange way, in such a difficult time, in such a fierce storm of their life, that you ask yourselves, wow, they don't even seem to be shaken. Have you asked yourself why? It is because they are standing on the rock. Those floods can be compared to the tri tribulations of our lives, the trials and fears and doubts that we experience, all afflicted in different ways. But we must ask, where is our security when we are tested? Can I stand when affliction and trials and tribulations come to my door? Can I stand greater than these things? Can I stand God's judgment on his day of judgment? Will I stand when death comes to my door? You see, the wise man, the man who does, he asks that question of himself and in his heart. The wise man understands that there is storms coming. And there's a great storm and a great flood that is coming that will threaten his house and will wash away the other man's house who does not trust in the word of God. The wise man does something about it, doesn't he? Ask yourself, will you stand in the tribulations of this life? Will you stand... When death comes to you, will you stand at the judgment of God? He is one who will stand because his foundation has been built on the word of God. He has exercised faith in it, trusted in it, and stands unshaken upon it. He is the man who does the words of God. What about the man who does not? We must remember that this is how Christ finished his sermon. But the one who hears and does not do them is like the man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What was his response to the word of God? Well, it was not to listen to it. He did not question himself about it. He did not think of eternity. He let it go in one ear and out the other. But this man, as Matthew describes him, as the fool who built his house on, without, on the sand without a foundation, he's not the fool that says there is no God that we sung about. This man is a fool who actually proclaims to know God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, he says at the beginning. The repetition of Lord, Lord emphasizes that this man knew the Lord in a personal way. It's a personal call. It's an intimate way to address someone. And if he's not going to listen to the words of the one in whom he professes in, you've got to ask yourself, well, who is the greater fool? The one who knows something about God and doesn't do the things of God, 
The one who has heard that there is a storm coming, but does not do anything about it. Or the one who just blatantly says there is no God. How do you respond to the word of God? The man who does not do does not dig. And he says that he does not dig because he doesn't need to dig. Digging is costly. Digging is doing things that he does not want to do. He's altering the plan to suit himself. He's living his life the way he wants to. But he's still calling out to God. He's still thinking that God will save him. God is a God of love. He's at ease with God. There's no cost to following God. He's not exercising faith in the word of God. He's casual to the word of God. And maybe it sounds good. Maybe it sounds healthy when he calls out, Lord, Lord. They both built houses, these men. And on their appearances, things look the same. If you have the image of the two houses before you, there's a vast difference in them. There's a huge difference. There's a world of difference in them. The man who does not is like a tree that is bearing no good fruit, but he is telling everyone that his fruit is good. And you're looking at the tree and you're thinking, That's a foolish tree. His tree, his fruit is bad. How does he not see it? But he's proclaiming that his fruit is good. You would say it's a fool. I would say such a thing. Christ says of the one that professes Lord, Lord, that his words have no meaning to it. Who does not do the words of God who does not live his life according to the word of God, who does not exercise faith in God, but still wants the benefits of trusting in God. His building is worthless. His words are worthless. His building will fall. And in trials and tribulations, the stream will knock the house down. And he will have to rebuild it again. He will have to make repairs to it unlike the one that trusts in God. His life is battered and his life is almost like this tiring existence of trying to upkeep his house. The prophets spoke in such a way in the Old Testament. They said that they would plant seeds and they would not harvest. They would eat, but they would not have enough. They would drink, they would never have their fill. You would clothe yourselves and no one would be warm. All their wages, they would be put into a bag of holes. It's a tireless existence to upkeep our house to look good. It is a fool who builds a house that falls. When the flood came, it fell immediately, and the ruin of that house was great. Both builders realized the truth of the word of God 
upon testing. And you know, the tribulations of our lives can sometimes be the very thing that turns us to the rock. When we realize that, well, my house will fall. My house has no strength to it. And it's better to learn this in the lessons of life than in the eternity of hell. The afflictions and pains that we see in this life remind us that the ground can be so immediately swiped from beneath our feet. It can happen so quickly. It can happen immediately. In the blink of an eye, the flood can come. Our lives are fragile. Our lives are uncertain. Our lives are full of worries and doubts if we build it ourselves. Christ asks us, essentially, to humble ourselves and all that we have built. We love the things that we have achieved in this life. And God does not ask us when he comes to us to underpin all our achievements. When we realize the foundation is not sufficient, he does not ask us to underpin all that we have done He says that you must be born again. You must have a new building. Start from the bottom up. Because your house is to be a work of God, not a work of your own hands. Your life in Christ is to be someone that is rooted on this rock. And every part of this house is to say to those who see it and those who come to it, that it is grounded on the rock of Christ. And it has a security in the rock of Christ. Every part of it is to echo the words of God. One house stood, one house fell. What is your response to the word of God? What will be the result when you are tested? Now, I am sure there are many here and many listening online who have started building upon the solid rock of Christ and his word. And you have sifted your heart. And you're digging in the word of God. And you've started the foundations. The groundwork of the Spirit is at work in your heart. And it is unseen by many. But grow and keep growing. Keep exercising faith and keep doing what God has asked of us. That we will be people that grow in obedience as we hear his words and that we build lives that cannot be shaken. But as you who have started building, there will be a time where you must break the surface. There is a time when people must see the house that you are building. It is time as you lay every block in your life that they echo the words of Christ and they speak of God. And as you trust in Christ, you will be encouraged to say to others, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is what your house is to be. That is what our lives are to be. And in trusting and serving the Lord, we will be secure. 
Shortly afterwards, we were moved into the hall to the Sunday school prize giving. And this is what we desire for the youth, that they would likewise understand the foundation for their lives and place their trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we would teach them about the security of the foundation in obeying God's word and trusting in the man that has died for them. They that in the Lord that firmly trust shall be like Zion Hill, which at no time can be removed, that standeth ever still. The difference between these two builders, Christ is saying it is the one who does, believes and trusts in his word. The other man is essentially building on his own words. He's building his own life. He's building his own house without foundations. He's doing it the way he wants and not the way it has been asked of him. What are we building? Foundationally, there's a huge difference between the two. There's a world of difference between each one. And the world of difference is in a word that is foundationally a word of difference. How do you respond to the word of God? What is the result of your life? How will you fare when the flood comes? That is how Christ finished his sermon. And likewise, I'll finish it without saying any more, so that we would give our attention to his words and put our trust in them as a rock for our lives. May that and these thoughts be blessed to us. We'll conclude by singing in Psalm 127, in the Scottish Psalter version. You'll find that on page 420 of the Blue Book. Psalm 127, except the Lord you build the house, the builders lose their pain. Except the Lord the city keep, the watchmen watch in vain. Tis vain for you to rise betimes, or late from rest to keep, to feed on sorrow's bread, so gives he his beloved sleep. For lo, children are God's heritage. The womb's fruit his reward. The sons of youth as arrows are for strong men's hands prepared. O happy is the man that hath his quiver filled with those. They unashamed in the gate shall speak unto their foes. This psalm speaks of the vain one who builds without trusting in the Lord and building without the, God, without the Lord, but also to bring up our children to trust in that foundation and that they too would be people that would stand firm, unashamed when they speak with their foes. So we'll stand to sing this psalm together. Except the Lord do build the house, the builders lose their pain. Except the Lord do build the house, the builders
I'll conclude with a short prayer. Our Father in heaven, we ask you that you would speak to us and that you, we would be people that would give our minds to your word and hear it and be doers of it, exercising faith in you, that our children are a blessing to us and that our children may be ones that would speak of Christ with confidence and assurance, that we also would learn from them and that we would place our trust in God that he is the rock of our salvation and one that does not change. We thank you for all that you are and all that you have given us. Pray these to be blessed to us. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.